Hey guys, this is uh, Media Majors. This is a podcast where I, Liam Sr. And me, Tom Lockney. Uh, tell a story from our preferred mediums. Uh, I talk about movies and TV. And I talk about video games and internet culture. Uh, so we're just kind of jumping right into yeah. this. This is... Uh, normally... No, I'm wearing these. <laughs> normally this show is like... Like, even when we do, are talking about, like, heavy stuff, we do try to, we do try to kind of, like, lighten the mood a little bit. But, like, this, this was a bad week. And we, we are... Like, let's just, like, out the bat say what we're talking about. Yep. You're talking about Louis C.K. Sure am. I'm talking about the shooting in Jacksonville. This is going to be probably an intense episode. And if you don't want to listen to it, that's totally fine. We do not begrudge you for it. Yeah, I, I wrote about here. Um, both our stories involve a lot of really fucked up stuff. Um, I just want I just want to say, if people aren't aware, I'm going to talk about uh, sexual assault and harassment. Tom is going to talk about violence and, and yeah, shooting. Yeah, violence. Yeah. Uh, if those things are not your jam, I just highly recommend you just wait next week we're gonna have a way more way less intense episode <laughs> yeah. sorry we're gonna go even more intense uh <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna we're yeah gonna on air punch God. Um, uh, no so like one of the reasons that uh you know what you should listen to instead is we are experts because that is an always silly show the yeah. reason that eric and i stopped doing sunday morning hangover cure is because of shit like this yeah um and i really think that self-care is important so i wanted to start my story i'm, I'm gonna go first in a second uh, which is saying like, hey, don't you don't have to listen to this. Yeah. Like, there, I, I I'm super grateful if you want to and you do, and I think that's fucking great. And yeah. I'm here for it. But like, totally, if like this is gonna be very gross, and we're gonna both get really angry, and it's it's just it's it's I need to do this. Like, it's important to me that I do this. this is mm-hmm. my podcast, and then it, it's it's the one platform I have where I feel like I can speak my piece and feel feel like you feel the same way yeah same and i think we both have like you know opinions on on these things that you know i i I like hey everybody like i'm a survivor of sexual assault like i got feelings on louis ck too yeah we're you surprised to say we're not thrilled that (laughs) that we're talking about this yeah but but, we feel like we probably should so uh i i just wanted to to all our listeners i think self-care is important don't put yourself through this if you know it's just gonna fuck with you yeah take 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 the week off um because and if and hey if you're like no i'm i want i want in i want to fucking dig my heels in and fucking lock arms because we're let's fucking wade through this muck pile together uh today we're gonna talk about comedy comedy cellar is a comedy club in manhattan new york it is considered one of the clubs you say name me comedy clubs you're gonna say the laugh factory the improv and the comedy cellar uh, it is located in the heart of Greenwich Village on 117 McDougal Street between West 3rd Street and Manetta Lane. Uh, notable things about the cellar. It is a notoriously rough auditioning process. Uh, it is not the safest of spaces. It is a very mean and tough room. Uh, not from the audience, but from the comics that run it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it once featured a debate in September 2015 between lawyer Alan Dershowitz and journalist Fred oh Kaplan, God. which is definitely what you want in a comedy club. John Mayer has performed stand-up there. I'll never perform stand-up, stand-up there, and John Mayer has. Oh and that's God. something I'll have to live with. Uh, but the most famous thing about it is that it's featured prominently in the opening credits of the TV show Louie, as well as various episodes. Um, I used to live right around the corner from uh, the Comedy Cellar. Mm-hmm. My freshman dorm was right in the middle of Washington Square Park. 
uh, and it was like a huge deal because I was on a, a floor specifically for like movies and TV and comedy and stuff. So like it was a huge deal that the pizza place in the opening of Louie uh, was near. Like this was this was around 2012, 2013. So like mm. this was third season of his show when he was kind of going from alt comedy, comedians, comedian to like Titan, a mainstream success, Netflix mm-hmm. specials, all the de- all the ordeal. And it was exciting because he lived in New York and you would, you know, he could just be walking around anywhere. You could turn into a corner and run into him. And now saying those two sentences should like send a chill down yeah, your spine yeah. because it's super hard for me to remember a time now when I did not consider him to be abusive and an abuser and like a terrible person. Because the I don't know how long those allegations have been floating around. Fifteen years. Well, they're actually. Hang on a second. Let me take that back. They're not allegations. He's yeah, that's, ab- admitted he's admitted to, to it. them. Yeah. Uh, Fifteen years uh, plus uh, the the first incidents. Uh, I'll, I I get into it a little bit. Right. Um, but. Uh, you know, and and it took a while for it to stick. I remember hearing rumors about it in 2012, and then being like, oh, I can't find any more. I believe that there was like a Gawker it was a Gawker blind item. There was a Gawker had, blind item. Yeah, that I think that Jen Richards had said something about it, and then Jen Kirkman also. Jen Kirkman, that's what I'm uh, Jen of, Kirkman yeah. did a bunch of tweets about it, and then they were taken away, and she's confirmed one who they were about, Lucy K, and that she both tweeted it and then got rid of it because her managers and agents uh told them to that that's the reason that a a lot of people who aren't involved with comedy including 19 year old me at the time didn't hear about it was because the people in power were really fucking good at making sure that killing stories killing stories immediately um but now we all know and we've all become better at at least least i've become better at, at listening and and you know it's it's just really important to believe women and believe victims all around yeah uh, I say believe women because it was only women that have come forward in this, of course. That's why I had yeah, to yeah. be victims. Um, so last year, uh, during the really big jump in the Me Too movement where men were getting fucking called out, uh, CK was among those men. Um, he was finally, you know, being called a criminal because he had committed a crime. Yeah. These are yeah. crimes. Uh, comedians Dana Min Goodman and Julia Wallove met CK around 2002 and this is when the incident to them occurred, so that's the earliest that it's been on record. Ten years later, Gawker runs a blind item about it, and for a, a couple years afterwards, a couple more women uh, speak up. Uh, Abby Shackner and Rebecca Corey, who have both, uh, I believe both have written about the experience. Um, I would recommend looking up Rebecca Corey's vulture piece about it, as it is a literal um, primary source, because, mm-hmm. you know, she was there. Yeah. Um, and then a woman who worked on the Chris Rock show, uh, which CK was a writer for, and this was in the 90s, she came out but uh, remained anonymous, so obviously we're going to respect that. Mm-hmm. Uh, each time, the same instance of behavior, like the same behavior, the same, like, it, I only mentioned that because like it was very clear that like, oh, this was happening. They're all having the same stories from different parts of time. Like, yeah. Of something that happened in people the people who don't know each other but are in the same scene and so they are they are not even some of them oh, are really? like, well some of them are comedians and some were just like i people who work on television yeah. shows uh, as part-time because they also i think one was like a, a dog rescuer or like dog rehabilitator yeah like it's people who should not who would like only by chance know each Me, other yeah, yeah. and they're describing beat for beat the this exact same, same behavior yeah. uh and also, like, he had his people silence them. 
he knew what he was doing was a crime. He used his power to make sure it didn't get out, which yeah. means that he knew that what he was doing was a crime. He is, he is, he tells jokes about sexual assault where he shows a clear understanding of, of like what a boundary is and when it is broken. And he clearly chose to do that anyways in these situations because he did not care. Yep. Uh, a lot of these women who were comedians were blackballed from the industry because like louis ck has more power than them because he was louis fucking ck mm -hmm. uh and and you know they they tried to speak up but they like even now they're still getting death threats on twitter and like it's still you know it's still fucking awful mm -hmm. uh but before that knowing all of this before he was found out ck decided to write and direct a feature film about uh starring himself as a television writer and producer who becomes concerned when his teenage daughter is seduced by an older film director. It was called I Love You Daddy. Oof. Yeah, I mean there there's there's like a difference between hindsight and just a complete and utter lack of any sort of sense of awareness. Like to me this is almost sociopathic behavior. It is. Like you're, it you're is. It, it, yeah. it's it's the amount of the lack of empathy it's it's yeah. to call it that to have it be about that to have it star a girl who's under uh, who i believe at the time was like let's see she's, i just looked up her age and she's 21 now so yeah she was when they were filming it she was a minor like Ugh. yo this is fucking weird well you know what people were fucking fed up and uh, people spoke up and he got called out and the movie premiered at a festival and then was pulled from wide release Everyone involved who isn't Louis C.K. has said that they would wish the project would just go away. The They didn't do any press tours for it. Uh, FX and Netflix cut his ties with him. Upcoming movies recasted him. Um, he was in the finale of Gravity Falls, and after this came out, Alex Hirsch redubbed his part himself because it was just a bit part. Mm -hmm. um, and... Uh, he had a show... Uh, he had shows that people were working on that got cancelled, and they were all like, yep, that's yep that doesn't okay i got i already got paid like it's fine i i do not want to be involved with this now that i know this mm -hmm. um but i want to really stress about like this took so long that while it's all good it's barely even close to nowhere near enough like it's not enough at all yeah why well, because because like even though he is losing projects and stuff uh he's not actually suffering like no he's not suffering at consequences. all consequences he still has an, an absurd amount of money and an absurd amount of power he communicated to them in secret he spent years denying the allegations he would cover them up he would like he called and harassed one of them and like threatened and stuff um and it was only when finally people were like hey you need to fucking talk about this did he do a fucking he wrote a non-apology he did not use the word apology or sorry all he did was admitted that it had happened and then he went away for a little bit yeah he just hid goodman wall of Sh uh, shagner and Corey have all had to struggle just to maintain their current careers and all they did was speak out against a crime that was committed at them yeah, yeah. and ck is a millionaire and he only had to do was just go away well apparently he's back because on august 26 2018 louis ck having no amount of empathy nor learning from anything did an unannounced appearance at the comedy cellar he performed to an audience kind of against their will because he, he just not, dropped in yeah, he didn't call he, the club beforehand 
he the owner had to be uh, the owner was like asleep and someone had to text him while this was happening uh that and that by the way that is like such a perfect encapsulation of how much power he still holds that he doesn't even have to go to the owner of the club he can just show up but he also show it shows that he hasn't learned anything yeah. because he's literally repeating the behavior of doing something without the consent of of the other of other people because when you do a drop in when you do a, a proper way from what i know from listening to the thousands of hours of comedians on podcasts is you would like let the club know ahead of time mm-hmm. even if you're dane cook who like was raised at the comedy store he's going to shoot them a fucking text before he heads in yeah and, and and on top of that, like, you're you're a sexual predator. Like, he's a sexual predator, and he knows that his presence makes women uncomfortable. Yep. They thrive on that. Yep. Sexual predators thrive on that. And he knew that that would make women in that audience uncomfortable. He actually tried to get a spot at an open mic in our hometown, D.C., <sighs> and uh, he left, like, a message for a, at a spot called Summers, but the organizers did not return the call. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. But the comedy seller, ooh, they had a response. This is from a New York Times article. The following is from a New York Times article about the whole incident. Uh, CK appeared around 11 p.m., said Noam Dorman, the owner of the cellar, who was uh, alerted about all this and watched a, t- a tape of his set. Uh, and, like, the seller has a long tradition of surprising audiences with, like, drop-ins. But, again, the people who work at the club are made aware of it. The other comedians are made aware of it. Mm-hmm. When he, uh, the, it was a sold-out crowd of 115, and they greeted him warmly with a standing ovation even before he began. One audience member called the club on Monday to, ju- to object to the surprise. The owner said he wished he had known in advance so he could decide whether or not to have been there. But several other pat- patrons apparently emailed Mr. Dorman uh, a standard follow-up email saying how happy they were they caught the show. Yeah. Mr. Dorman said that as a business owner, he was in a difficult position. No, you're not. I understand that some people will be upset with me. Do you? You don't care about it, though. I care about my customers very much. We do not. Every complaint goes through me like a knife. It does not. And I care about doing the right thing. But you didn't. But he added, there can't be a permanent life sentence on someone who does something wrong. Incorrect. There is literally permanent life sentences for people who have done less. Yeah. Fucking, why are you talking? And also, by the way, barring somebody from your comedy club is not a life sentence. Thank a you. life sentence is a life sentence. The social standards about how to respond to errant behavior are inconsistent, he said, and now shifting ever faster, and audiences should have the leeway to decide what to watch themselves. Except that you didn't give them the leeway. Like, you, yeah, you're they just talking out of your yeah. mind. They think- literally did not have a choice. They nope. just were there and it happened. I think we'll be better off in society if we stop looking to the bottlenecks of distribution, Twitter, Netflix, Facebook, or comedy clubs to filter the world for us. That was jargon. That that's, didn't make any sense. That's idiotic. That that makes no sense. Yet he too was surprised that Louis C.K. reemerged so quickly. I didn't think it was going to happen as soon as it did. I thought that the first time he'd go on would be in a more controlled environment, but he just decided to rip the Band-Aid off. So well, let's unpack I, well, that for a second. Fuck all that. Yeah. Unpacked. Continue. Oh, and, well, and also like. And, and yeah, like, obviously, I can't know, but I would imagine that the reason that uh, he just showed up was because he knew that if he had, like, really tried to organize something beforehand, somebody would have said no, or somebody would have tried to, somebody would have heard about it. And, and like, yeah, there's a chance that people would have said yes, because our society is terrible and doesn't give a shit that he's a fucking sex criminal. He's a criminal. Uh, but like i he knows that i mean like he knows that he can just bolt people he can fucking do uh 
<clears throat> he can that if he just shows up and he can, you know, get his way if he just decides to. In the set, he doesn't mention anything about why he's been gone. He doesn't talk about it, but he did make a joke about he rape whistles. He did make a rape joke, so, yeah. There you go. Um, so on the 28th, noted centrist and once hero of mine until he defended the McCain family because he's all buddy-buddy <laughs> with them, Michael Ian Black, who has over a million followers on Twitter and for some reason is still respected in comedy, even though he's a tool. Uh, he tweeted that he was proud of CK for trying to get back into stand-up, and while the Me Too movement is good, there needs to be a path of redemption for these men. He also wrote a long thing about his website, oh but then he also kind of, like, d- like backed off and, like, retweeted people who were, like, you're wrong and, like, their think pieces and shit. Yada, 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 yada. Let's talk about the path of redemption for a bit. So, Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby are going to trial and or going to prison. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. That's awesome. That's also two people. How about James Tobeck? How about fucking Casey Affleck? How about Woody Allen? How about Jeremy Piven? How about Kevin Spacey? How about... Is Roman Polanski still Roman? He's dead. Oh, okay. So it'd be hard for them. (laughs) It'd be a real... That time they put a dead pope on the trial. Um, Hey, Asia Argento is getting investigated, but when she gets investigated, because she's a woman, the entire Me Too movement is all of a sudden called into question. Into question. When, uh, and also, like, Me Too's been around since 2006. Like, it's Asia Argento really is, time, not, yeah. is not the progenitor of the Me Too movement. It's a, it's a, it's, it's like, it's a different person who isn't a celebrity. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a uh, woman of color. It is a, it is it's a, a woman, woman of, of color. color. Because, Fuck. Mario Batali is getting a new food company off the ground, but a woman will be its CEO. Oh, my God. Because that'll stop Mario Batali. It's up to this woman CEO to stop me from my bad behavior. Mm. That's what he just said. He literally oh, said that's like Matt Lauer, Garrison Keillor, and Chris Hardwick are all making comebacks. Some rumored, some not rumored. Chris Hardwick literally is on television right now. It has not been. It was a month. It was a fucking month he was gone. Matt Lauer has, like, really been talking up his appearance and saying, like, don't worry, guys, I'll be back. Uh, Reminder that Matt Lauer had a button on his desk that would automatically lock people in. T.J. Miller never even fucking left. Yeah. He performed at a very popular alt-comedy show, and when a woman spoke out, she was physically removed from the space. Hey, Kurt Braunholler and Christian Skull, this was your show, Hot Tubs, Mondays at the Virgil. I know you guys apologized for it, but you haven't mentioned the woman who was hurt on her way being escorted out for calling out your fucking bullshit. Do better. Do better. Comedy is a wonderful and magical thing. It's literally the reason I eat and breathe and go, like, I'm able to get out of bed in the morning. And like, Making people laugh is the only thing I want to do, and I don't even do it for a fucking career. And I know, and I know that like Michael Ian Black has walked back his fucking dumbass statement, but like, fuck that. Hey, like, he really like hasn't. if your if your position, if your understanding of the movement is like the. He totally, he totally did that cop-out where it's like, listen, there are so many steps we need to take, but this is just the one that I would like to float out there, and it's the one that it's helps stupid. the people already in power who have committed literal crimes. Comedy is not an equal opportunity employer. I have friends that have told me horrible stories about being a woman on an improv team. I've seen how entitled and creepy and weird comedy dudes can be. It's bad. I was at a party once after an improv show where a dude was like, trying to flirt and hit on a girl while holding a hammer super close to her head he wasn't trying to hit her or anything but he was also oblivious to the fact that he was holding a blunt object near this girl's head also probably not oblivious i don't trust that you know uh 
both were in comedy at the time, and we got the hammer away, and nothing happened. But guess what? That girl doesn't do comedy anymore. Yeah, I, now, that's fucking terrifying. Now I'm, sh- I'm, I'm, I'm. Obviously, there are probably other factors. It's not a one to one, but I'm pretty sure the hammer didn't make it on the why I should stay in comedy list. Mm-hmm. Comedy is about being vulnerable so that's, uh, to strangers and then making them laugh, which is why I feel like certain comics feel like they can just abuse whoever they want. CK can go on stage yelling about cleaning his daughter's shit and talking really weirdly about how much he hates his kids, and then that apparently gives him carte blanche on how to treat women, which makes him a piece of shit. Fuck redemption. Not everyone deserves redemption. Yeah. Some people actually deserve to fucking suffer. And like, no one I've mentioned will actually suffer. And what is the con? And like, what is that conversation about ultimately? Like, like we need to we need to rehabilitate these men who only did something when they got caught. And by the way, that something was, I'm gonna just like i have a incredible fortune that i've amassed because i because i am a person who seeks power because i seek to abuse it um and then at the end of that like they just they just hide in their mansions or whatever They'll or their, their swanky penthouses and they're gonna be lauded and then they as just come back it's and- they literally they, like that's the thing and like ck that's the thing is like ck is doing this because he's done it before because these allegations have are not sorry is because his crime surfaced before as allegations and he just waited it out. Yep. And like now that it's like yeah, they're no longer treated as allegations, but he's he's taking the same tactic. Like he's just waiting for it to go away and like there's no there's like it's too late. Like it's too late. They're going to That's not the conversation have... that we need to have. It's not about rehabilitating the men. It's about rehabilitating the spaces and the people who've been hurt by those men. They're all going to have their comebacks. They'll all be lauded as heroes and their redemption stories will eventually eclipse the bravery bravery of the woman who stood up against them. I hope not. They're all so rich. CK was gone for less than a year. He still gets residuals from all of his fucking shit. TJ Miller is still getting booked and what's in Deadpool 2. Chris Hardwick had his stupid little show taken away for a month. He's back on the Nerdist banner. He's probably back on the payroll. These men have money and money makes things go away. Johnny Depp is in a fucking Harry Potter movie. Unbelievable. He's also in debt up to his ears. Yeah. I hope. These movements have been happening. These like Me Too movements and stuff like that have been happening every decade since the 70s when women started entering the workplace like full force it's cyclical because men are monsters and i'm hoping that this generation will be loud enough that we can kind of close this loop but gatekeepers are tough for every liam there's always going to be a michael liam black more clout more influence and following to inject some fucking bullshit what should be an open and shut case uh, comedian and TV writer Jenny Yang, who's incredible, had a great thread about how men uh, like CK can find redemption. I would recommend looking it up, paraphrasing, but basically, like, not only should abusers have to publicly own up to their victims, they should also be financially, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Financially reparating? Uh, liable, like, like they should be financially reparations. liable reparations for their victims, be it therapy or helping their careers. Louis C.K. is well, a comedian. There's no reason he shouldn't be booking these women on, on shows and stuff. And the and the thing, too, about if you were truly rehabilitated, uh, if you if you were a uh, rapist and, or an abuser and you were truly rehabilitated, you would relinquish any and all power you had. Yep. Because, because that's what enables those things. And you understand that, A, you are not to be trusted with it ever, ever again. And, B that like 
that you don't deserve that power that you have you have had it already and you have abused it and by the way like knowingly abused it none of these dudes accidentally did something like this Mm -hmm. they should also have to hold accountable the people who kept them protected dave becky ck's manager who definitely knew and will probably go away scot-free I'm super mad, but I'm also a privileged white guy with a very small platform, and I'm lucky. And I just want to use what I have to help people and eventually make them laugh. Uh, men like CK and Harwick and Miller and Ian Black are more worried about their safety and about their feelings, about their fursomas. Fuck that. Believe women. Uh, Jamie Lostis is a great comedian. She's also raising money for mm. uh, Rain yeah, yeah. Uh, for the amount of a comedy seller ticket. I'd highly recommend uh, you go donate. I'll put a link up on the site. PPS, Michael Ian Black's Twitter picture makes him look like he fell into a BDMS store, but it was uh, too embarrassed to take anything off. <laughs> he looks like the captain of a pleasure cruise. Uh, he looks like a doll of a 1950s tough biker that came to life and melted. He looks like a pencil fucked a whole leather jacket. And then, Sorry, I, I was staring at that goddamn Twitter picture, and I just... <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break, and then when we get back, we're gonna hear about a story from Tom. Coming soon to an iPod or iPod-like accessory to you. A new format of an old favorite in Musty TV. Prestige. I'm Liam Sr., and I own many different mahogany bookshelves. I'm Josh Phillips, and I wax my floors nightly. And we are experts in all things prestige, but especially television. Some people think the golden age of television is today, but it's existed for years, decades even. And we will look at every episode of a very real television show and explore it, live it, breathe it, with you along for the ride. These are all very real shows, and we're not making everything up. That's a guarantee. And don't try to find them whatever you do, because you won't. Seriously, seriously, don't try to find them. Seriously. Every other Thursday on the Major Cast Network, or wherever you get podcasts. For now, enjoy Musty TV Prestige. Stay tuned. Hey, this weekend, uh, on August 2018, uh, during a Madden NFL 19 tournament in Jackson, Florida, a gunman entered the venue and opened fire on players. Uh, nine people were injured. I, I've actually heard conflicting reports i'm not 100 percent sure how many people were injured but it is in the realm of like 9 to 13 uh but two people were killed uh three people died uh one of them was the shooter who killed himself at the scene the shooting was streamed live on twitch with the camera showing the competitors cutting out right before the shooting takes place actually you can see the red dot of the weapon on one of the player's chests right before the video cuts out I would not recommend listening to that audio. It is incredibly frightening. The gunman was a competitor, uh, though reporting on his on this situation highlights his loss at the tournament before the shooting. We don't know at this time if it was planned or not. Uh, I read reports that he had purchased guns uh, from his home in Baltimore, Maryland, which means that he brought it here. I have also read reports that he exhibited... Uh, sort of antisocial behaviors at other uh, events. I want to make clear that despite the fact that a lot of outlets are reporting uh, heavily that he like lost his thing, uh, that we don't know if this was planned. We have no idea if it was because he lost or if he was like, this was a conscious thing that he'd been thinking about for a very long time. It might have been a combination of both. 
The two victims were Eli Clayton and Taylor Robertson. They were 22 and 27. Uh, the night, uh, the people injured are in stable condition and are expected to survive. Uh, goes without saying, the shooter was a white male. Now, before I talk about the reaction, I'd like to state the following, that lots of people are speaking through grief and reacting to something terrible. Uh, you know, I don't care how often these things happen. Like, we're never, ever going to reach a point where people, like, know how to react completely in the moment. Uh, I'm going to talk about these reactions, and I'm probably going to, and I'm going to criticize some because I think some of the ideas being presented in these reactions need to be criticized. If you find yourself among the ideas I criticize, this is not a personal attack, and it is not a judgment on the way that you express shock and or grief. One common reaction is, you can't blame this on video games. Do not do this, please. One, we know. We know that Madden 19 did not literally inspire this person to shoot up a tournament. Uh, two, if your reaction to gun violence is to immediately white knight video games, that is strange. Making sure people still like video games and making sure they know you want to defend them after a shooting is not a great priority to have. <laughs> your curtness of that I found very funny because it's like that is very strange. Yeah. Uh, three, this is not how games or games culture work works. You may only play Madden, but Madden players are not immune to the toxic culture within gaming, uh, one that is part of and feeds into a larger toxic culture that undoubtedly played a role in this shooting, simply because their video game does not have guns in it. This is a form of cop-out to later avoid discussing the societal influences that motivated the gunmen to kill, uh, of which we will undoubtedly learn about in the coming days and weeks. Another one of the most common reactions is, we need to beef up security at events. And and this is something that I kind of agree and disagree with. Like, in terms of, like, yes, like, like there should be metal detectors. But also, like, a metal detector is not going to stop somebody from shooting up a line outside of a convention center. Like, I've been, hey, I was at E3 uh, 2016. And, like, people are outside the convention center in L.A. Like... Were you in heavily 2017? packed? 2016. 2017? Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm just going right. through no, the timeline like, wait a minute. Uh, also, uh, this conversation has already happened due to the astronomical amount of shootings that occur in this country, especially at schools, but a bunch of armed officers working conventions is a bad idea. For the same reason that a bunch of armed officers at schools is a bad idea. To many marginalized groups, law enforcement and security are a threat. They are. That's just fact. Uh, people of color cannot enter their own home without the risk of being shot by police if somebody calls them or if there literally just happen to be police nearby. Literally, and like you can't deny this because it keeps happening in the news. So yeah, like, yeah. Just a fact. Uh, these conventions are attended by a diverse crowd of people and putting them in proximity with a large amount of security personnel is a bad idea. Also, by the way, like a couple weeks ago, Trader Joe's got shot. Uh, there was an active shooter situation there. And the police killed a person there. Uh, police killed an employee in the crossfire. More guns do not play make places safer ever, period. And while security elements like metal did, yeah. For a very long time, video games have considered themselves distinct from gun violence. This is a result of years and years and years of reactionary defensive white knighting motivated by a, a ridiculous fear of censorship, which we have, of course, never actually had to deal with. The bogeyman of artistic restriction has pushed mainstream games conversation into a bubble of denial that somehow we are not responsible for dealing with our place in the cultural conversation and are somehow distinct from its effects. This is a lie. It has always been a lie. And now we're confronted with that. Uh, we still lack the evidence necessary to comment directly on what motivated the shooter, though I'm going to guess that there is a pattern that this will follow. Here's what I will say. The solution is to systemic, systematically, on an institutional level, strip guns from their owners and destroy them. Like, 
the Second Amendment is a bad faith lie. It's yep. it's touted by the evil and the gullible, and it preserves a deadly culture. Guns and gun owners are not keeping anyone safe from a fascist government. We already live under one. Uh, there are several pieces of, of evidence to support this. 2,975 dead in Puerto Rico, which we refuse to aid uh, because of their race. We are letting them die because of their race. That is ethnic cleansing. Flint, Michigan still does not have clean water. It has been, it's been five years, right? Yep. Five years. This is because Flint is predomin predominantly black. They will start dying of lead poisoning. Like we, I don't know if the mortality rates are out there, but they're going to be soon, and it's going to be astronomically high. And, and the country is letting those people die because of their race. That is ethnic cleansing. Yep. The Dakota Access Pipeline is state-sponsored theft of land. It is state-sponsored violence against indigenous people. If you disagree, you're wrong. That's ethnic cleansing. Yep. And no gun owner is taking up arms against our government. The Second Amendment does not exist as a civilian check and balance against the government. It is a lie to justify owning tools for killing and told to maintain the status quo. I don't give a fuck if you hunt. We don't live in pioneer times. You can go to Ralph's. And, <laughs> <laughs> and if you're and hey, if you're oh, if you're that good. worried about food, I would suggest supporting socialism. <laughs> Also, the Second Amendment was written by a bunch of white slave owners who considered some people furniture and were mad that they had to pay money for tea. Yeah. It, we really should not hold what they said at the time up to the standard of current law. They didn't have soap. Yeah. Uh, you can find other ways to bond with your family and community that does not involve fucking killing things. You fucking, fucking get, get out of here. That dick is so good. Go to Ralph's. Fuck you. And if you want to go exotic, get, go to a butcher's. Calm down. Yeah. You don't need a rifle to hunt a deer. Use a bow and arrow. <laughs> Guns are not will not be used for uprising. They never will. There, there are some more radical conversations, specifically among queer folk, that I'm savvy to that suggest that we should that like that marginalized people should arm themselves just in case because all the guns are held by the people in power who marginalize us. I understand this I, argument. Me too, but I, if you look at history, it never works out well. I, I well, and I also like kind of disagree. Also, because like I think a lot of us have, like myself, have just decided that like we would not like to enact change through killing people if we can avoid that at all possible. And also, um, the, the 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 alternative there would be like then you buy a gun and you store it. Queer people experience depression at like an astronomical rate and the combination of guns and depression is suicide like it, it it is one of the biggest contributors to gun deaths every year i i would also like say if you if you look at a lot of militant groups that were organized and like by marginalized people and had good values and like ideals but just were just trying to even if they were just trying to be safe like there are mm -hmm. members of the black panther who got framed for shit like when marginalized folks arm up that's when the people in power get fucking itchy for it, it it's like I, I haven't i haven't heard that like i haven't i haven't heard about this like this is the first time i hear about this but that makes me like i to, I, I'm, 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 I totally agree with you i understand the idea behind it but yeah i don't begrudge i don't begrudge, I don't begrudge people yeah who I, feel I, that I, way. I it's just like, it is scary it's very scary i get it but it's just if you look at the history it might even be scarier yeah and like and that and what you said about suicide thing is just so fucking true yeah uh more guns more guns are bad always this is true 100 percent of the time melting down we need to, to we need statue. to find them all we need to find them all and destroy it we yep. need to find them and destroy them uh you know there's there's an international precedence for this it has not resulted in some fascist state australia yep 
didn't nothing happened like in fact in fact the same bad things that australia was experiencing with like actual like problems with the government are still happening and really weren't changed by the fact that the populace didn't have guns anymore do you know what act what like the re- it's direct- so terrible to the Maori. like yeah do you know what did happen as a direct result of the uh, gun ban Jeez. they had to ban they had to ban sucker punching have you heard I'm, I'm, no I'm 100% really? like, people were it, it, like teens were so bored that they started fucking sucker punching each other well like, teens already do dumb shit that's what I'm saying when, when you take away guns society is really allowed to prosper yeah. uh you know this is not the, the fact that this is not like a common refrain is like alarming and upsetting I know that there's like yeah. a lot of defeatism about the the struggle for guns and gun ownership but like people and and this is a much newer issue but like people were saying the same things about abolish ice like and and now we are seeing a rash of like leftist populism i mean like florida um yeah beto i can't remember uh, his name beto o'rourke is not doing florida's texas oh that's right um but he he hasn't they haven't done the election yet the, but i they're, they're a very a uh, progressive a progressive candidate, candidate is now up for the nomination in florida yeah which, in florida in florida florida he's running on a platform of decriminalizing marijuana in florida alexandria ocasio-cortez <laughs> um i like cynthia nixon just had her big debate she fucking wiped the floor with fucking Cuomo I always want to say like cum drop but either rivers or make a cum joke (sighs) but you know what both of those don't feel appropriate right now um you know and and get rid of the gun like I don't care what it is abolish guns take the guns like I don't care how you want to fucking phrase it I want to quote somebody who's like a who's like a campaigner who's not me should come up with something Eric has a our good friend Eric McAdams has a great quote where it's uh get all the guns melt them down to a big old statue (laughs) of Sonic the Hedgehog uh it it should be it should be as commonplace as abolish ice like it should be it should be our one of the left's rallying cries is get like literally strip guns from people do you know why i love playing D &D? yeah you there's no guns in D &D. (laughs) fucking swords my dude yeah and and by the way like again like the ice thing even hey didn't take any guns to do that yeah yeah and ice is is still existing and is still a problem but it is now no longer enjoying quite nearly the extent of power that it was prior to the like advent of the abolish ice movement i know this doesn't sound like i'm talking about video games right now but i am video games are part of this culture they exist within it and they feed into it but we don't talk about these things because like i said they're they're viewed as outside of and distinct from games they're not they're one and the same the the like video games obsession with guns specifically is weird i remember growing up and watching it's it is amazing that i'm not a fucking white nationalist (laughs) like i remember growing up watching call of duty streamers and like there was a guy i want to say his name was xbox ahoy and he would i know and he would just do these like incredibly in-depth pulls and dives on the guns of call of duty and he was like here's how it's made here's like the springs and stuff here's how fast it fires here's the stuff you can do in the game with it here's how it stacks up to the real gun hey by the way one of the biggest names that came out of the call of duty scene is a guy named fps russia he's just some fucking idiot who throws on a a terrible fake russian accent and then shoots guns in the woods and and is like oh like i'm fps kyle i'm fps russia or whatever 
that, that he got big because of the Call of Duty scene. It propelled him into being the fucking gun guy on YouTube. Like, I, I don't understand why we're not examining these connections more. And, like, every fucking game is like, how do the guns feel? How, like, what do they sound like? I remember a Battlefield. There was, like, for a very long time in the, like, Call of Duty versus Battlefield thing, it was like, Battlefield's guns sound better. They feel more real to shoot. And, like, what the That's fuck weird. kind of thing is that to talk about? And it's been presented up uncritically by, like, I mean, God, there's so many game podcasts and there's so much games media out there that just, like, incredibly uncritically does that. And I, and I, like, and I understand liking first person shooters and stuff. Like, I'm not passing a moral judgment on people who are like, I like Doom. Because guess what? I like Doom. Doom's so good. But, like, we have to we have to engage with these things on a more critical level than like i fucking love how the guns feel because like yeah i fucking love how the guns feel sometimes but also like that's a little weird and maybe we should all think about that and dwell on that a little bit more instead of fucking pissing ourselves to talk about how good and righteous gaming is every time something bad happens and like I, I hope that Jacksonville is like the the I kick in the pants that we need to be like, hey, like we need to fucking talk about this. We need to fucking talk about this because this affects everybody. Mm -hmm. This affects everyone. Like the games community is part of the fucking society that it's a part of. Like we can't shirk that discussion anymore when we talk about games with violence in them like even even as we are praising them for how good something feels we need to be thinking and dwelling deeper on what that means and like how that stuff is being presented to us and like the, i know that's like a super base some people are probably listening being like that seems like a super basic point to start at and like yeah like i think we literally need to start from that basic level like i you know anyways that's my story. And we're sticking to it. Hey, if you made it this far, thank you so much for listening. Now you get to balance it out with, with something nice that happened. I got a weird one. All right, we, we do the self-care corner at the end of every episode, so that way if we talk about something difficult, we can balance it out with something good. You go first. All right. Um, Mine's a fucking journey. I mean, like, hey, why well, bought Dead Cells. Or we bought dead cells. We bought a dead cell. <laughs> we bought a dead cell. And guess what? That game's cool. I, you know, it's a fun roguelike. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the feedback loop of it. I think that it does a good job of, you know, doing random elements and stuff. And even if I think that the humor is like kind of weirdly out of place, I'm enjoying that game. I want to take you guys on a journey. It's a little bit of a journey. All right. When I was younger, I watched a lot of old cartoons that we'd rent from the video store. And now that I'm older, I'm trying to hunt those down, one, to see if they hold up, but two, because I have a really big interest in old animation. And there was this one cartoon that I remember watching as a kid, and for the life of me, I could not find it. And it was about a penguin, and he wore a hat. And I would Google, like, old penguin cartoon. Old penguin cartoon, 1960s. Old penguin cartoon. It was in the style of, like, Rocky and Bullwinkle. I thought it was associated with those guys. I couldn't find it. 
cut to a couple days ago and a twitter account i like at runt uh changes his profile picture to that character and then I do some digging, and I'm able to pull that character and reverse Google search nice. it. It's Tennessee Tuxedo. It's about a penguin that lives in a zoo with his walrus pal Chumley and his <laughs> fucking zookeeper Stanley Erickson or some shit. And I fucking found it, and I watched it, and it doesn't hold up. Oh boy! But I fucking found it. But you it. found it, and now you get to now you get to tie that little bow in your brain. That loop is closed. That's very good. That's very fun. All right. Um fucking pal chumley thanks for hey like if you've m- managed to make it to the end of this episode worth it for my little story at the end fucking good job thank you very much for listening if you have uh any you know opinions uh you know you can send them into media majors podcast at gmail.com hey by the way if your opinion is i don't think that your argument for destroying all guns was perfect go uh, fuck yourself you can keep that opinion it's not yourself. about making a perfect argument it's about putting it in your head uh, I still want to know what Sonic's feet look like. Thanks for, you know what? Yeah, you can follow us on Media Majors Cast on Twitter. It's probably quicker to just tweet photos of that. Yeah, tweet me a photo of what you fucking think Sonic's feet look like. Um, I'm at Thomas Lockney on Twitter. Uh, next week we're going to talk about, I already have my story, and it's, it's very silly. All right, cool. Good. So it's gonna be yeah, next week we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll find something light. Um, thanks for listening. As always, we'll be there for you. Destroy every single gun. Thanks for listening to the Major Casts Network. Stay fun, stay nasty, and stay major. <laughs>